Kia ora, welcome back to Flying the Fern, powered by New Zealand Stories, Fernmark License Programme and produced by Raw Collective. This series is all about telling the real-life stories of well-known New Zealand businesses that carry the official Fernmark logo. We dig into how they came about, the challenges they've overcome, and their contribution to the reputation New Zealand businesses have around the world. New Zealand farming has been world-renowned for years, and FarmIQ is at the innovative forefront of how that will continue into the future. It's not in working harder, but working smarter, with tech-enabled farm management that makes farming more efficient and informed. FarmIQ software supports farmers to drive sustainable, productive, and profitable outcomes by bringing all of the key farm information together in one place, the farm map. It helps farmers to plan for every aspect of farm life, collaborate with staff and other stakeholders, and record, report, and simplify their compliance requirements. At the end of all that, farmers get insights and data that allows them to make better decisions in the future. Agritech is a massive area of opportunity around the world, and FarmIQ is right there leading the way. CEO Will Noble talks through how it all works and how the company's success ties into the overall strength of New Zealand's agriculture. Well, Morena, Will, nice to see you. Morena. I have to give you one of these to start. This is a little silver fern. Don't say the government doesn't give you anything. Thank you very much. It's a very, you'll, we'll invoice you, invoice you later. You have been branded. <laughs> yes, you've got the fern now stamped on you to go with that tattoo that I heard you've got. <laughs> hey, tell us about Farm IQ because there's a lot of people that will be listening or watching that won't know farms. And Farm IQ sounds, you know, very exotic. Tell mm. us about what you do. Uh, so Farm IQ consists of, uh, of two products, Farm IQ Farm Management and uh, and Farmax, which is our predictive modelling tool. Um, Farmax is uh, Farm IQ, sorry, is uh, map based farm management software yep. um, that helps farmers, pastoral farmers in particular. So farmers that are converting grass into protein, so dairy farmers and red meat farmers and yep. uh, sheep farmers who are converting uh, grass into wool. Those are the farmers we help. So, I love how uh, you say converting, like. Yep. Growing animals, basically, is what you mean. Yeah, well, what, oh, what most of those farmers are actually doing is growing grass. Yes. Um, that's the thing that fuels their uh, their entire business is how well are they growing pasture. Um, and we help them do that through the management of uh, of land, animals, and people, environmental planning, that kind of uh, good yeah. stuff as well. And our Farmax product helps with uh, predictive modelling of what that might look like in the future, depending on climate change, um, changing pastures, destocking, yeah. those sorts of things. But fundamentally, we help farmers run their farms easier so they've got more time for actual farming because not many farmers go into farming to use a computer no. or to use technology. Most of them go into farming um, or were born into farming and what they want to do is actually farm, to spend right. time out get out on the land with their, yeah. with their animals and their grass and such. Yeah, yeah. so a big part of what we do is give farmers more time to farm. But also it sounds like it implies that you're adding a layer of intelligence to it in a way that stops being a hobby, I suppose. And then some people who live in the city might think farming is just very easy. It's 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 you know a pastime. Mm. But actually, it's a business, and a farm IQ system is going to help them run a business as well. Absolutely, 100%. Farming is uh, is an incredibly complex business. You're dealing with uh, with a biological system in terms of animals, yeah. um, but also with the land and understanding the balance between supply and demand of how many animals have I got and um, how much feed do they require, how much inputs in terms of fertiliser and what have you do I need to put onto the land in order to grow enough pasture to feed the animals at the time they need it. Um, and that can be influenced by um, weather events and what have you as well. So Farm IQ helps take all 
of those massive different variables, record that data and provide farmers with with insights to underpin their intuition. Um, right. You know, Kiwi farmers are intergenerational and incredibly intuitive, and Farm IQ doesn't take away from that. It supports their decision making by helping make sense of all of that uh, that massive data across genetics, um, land production, um, when they should be sending animals to the works, what's oh. happening in the market. Uh, you know, most farmers it would surprise um, a lot of listeners are looking at things like what's our um, what's the FX doing at the moment, our foreign exchange rate, because right. that makes an impact on the price of the works and that makes an impact on when they're going to send their animals to the work. Jeepers. And how much longer can I keep those animals on the farm because I've only got so much feed um, if you're a red meat farmer. You're sort of optimising for the best outcome and return for yourselves. That's yeah. brilliant. And there's just as much complexity in the dairy industry as well in terms of um, how you optimise production from dairy animals, again, through uh, what inputs you're using, animal health treatments, uh, yeah. genetics, et cetera, et cetera. And then the modelling of it using the farm uh, AX products, you know, is making making sure that you think what the downstream impact going to be on the environment or on the price that you might get or that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. You sound like you know a bit about farming. Well, let's, I mean, are you a farmer yourself? Uh, I'm not. I'm from a rural background in the UK, so right. I'm a POM originally, uh, but via t- uh, nine years in Sydney and came to New Zealand and um, uh, I've ended up running or leading, I should say, Farm IQ. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's a terrific business, but uh, I'm not a farmer. I've never farmed myself. Everything that uh, I know about farming is uh, is from the awesome team around me at Farm yeah. IQ. We've got some uh, extremely smart guys. We've got PhDs on the team with uh, doctorates in um, in pasture management and um, uh, and farm systems modelling and uh, and that sort of uh, stuff. My background and expertise is around leading software as a service businesses in niche markets, and right. that's exactly what we are. We're a software as a service product serving a niche market. So that's a good point. So the the farmers who will purchase your product will actually um, get a, a monthly access and, and they will you know, use you as a service. So basically, you've got people behind the scenes that are making sure that it's all working properly and that they're successful and what they're doing, that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a, a support team based at our office uh, here in Wellington and also our base in Hamilton. Yep. But yeah, farmers buy a monthly subscription to whatever level of uh, pack they want. So some farmers just want to look after compliance and, uh, and what have you. So uh, we have a, a pack that deals with that, things like being uh, giving them the ability to manage a farm environment plan and yep. their, um, their animal health treatment plans and that sort of stuff. Others want to do a lot more intense work with the platform and get more insights from data and really, really push the boundaries of what they're doing in terms of production. Wow. It's a software as a service product available through with web and also our field app. Nice. So uh, for those farmers that want to be able Literally panic, a field app. Literally a field app, cool. yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, you've got different versions, haven't you, for dairy versus you know, red meat or whatever it might be? Uh, yes, yeah, so dairy and dry stock. So dry yep. stock is, uh, is, is red meat and wool, so deer and... Uh, and Why is beef. it called dry stock? Because there's no milk. Correct. Oh, okay. So oh, um, I could be a farmer. <laughs> I'm starting to work this out. I'm starting to make sense. I can grow grass too, not very well, but hey. So yes, there's our what we call our livestock pack, which yep. is uh, is for dry stock, so deer, sheep, and beef, and wool production, and our dairy packs, which uh, are for uh, for dairy farms, because uh, they're two quite different models of pastoral farming. Yep. Um, one you're chasing the uh, the production of feed, and the other is you're uh, you're, you're bringing feed into uh, to satisfy the requirements of the dairy herd. Right. Excellent. And so. If you were a farmer listening to this, and we hope there will be some, and you're thinking, oh, this is sounding like it's making the whole thing a little bit too, you know, scientific, you know, 
Um, I mean, what's the key advantage for a farmer is that time gives them time back, gives them intelligence that they don't or otherwise have, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of farmers in New Zealand still run the business on a, uh, a paper notebook in their yeah. uh, in their breast pocket, and they capture an awful lot of really valuable data in that notebook, but, uh, but that data isn't necessarily always terribly accessible. Yeah. Um, it becomes significantly less accessible when, uh, when their when um, farming partner at home puts it through the washing machine. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, and, and some farmers are migrating towards using, say, notes on their... Uh, on their smartphone to record that data, yep. but we give them a structured way to capture that data and uh, and capturing things that end up being part of their compliance story. So New Zealand farms um, sell into premium markets around the world, and the reason we get premiums is that we tell a really positive story around animal husbandry, environmental stewardship, and the way that we treat um, our yep. people in our communities. And those markets demand proof that that's what we're doing. Yeah. And that's what a system like Farm IQ helps those farmers do. So rather than recording something in a paper notebook, record it into a, into a system that that data can then be recalled to say, yes, that's the animal health treatment that was applied to that to that mob of animals, or yeah. this is the repairing planting that we did on the farm to clean up our waterways, et cetera, et cetera. That's brilliant. See, now you're talking my language, the story of the, you know stories and how story adds value. And you, you mentioned there that you know people internationally are, are curious about New Zealand. And I love Farm IQ. I think you guys are the marriage of two incredibly important sectors for New Zealand, the technology sector and the work that you do there, but also the, you know, the primary production and the agriculture sector, you know, yeah. our history and our futures together. So, it, you know, it's a, re- a really good story. What's the story you tell about your business when you go and talk to people around the world and say, you know, you should buy or, or at least buy into Farm IQ as a system because we're from New Zealand? What, what is it about that? You know, what is it about um, being Kiwi that makes us yeah. uh, makes us special? So the New Zealand um, pastoral farming systems are emulated uh, in any place around the world where they have a similar climate that can grow grass pretty much all the year round because that's what's um, uh, special about um, yeah. New Zealand's uh, agriculture. We're not unique, um, but we're certainly special, and uh, and that fundamentally sits around the fact that we can grow grass pretty much all, all the way through the year, so our animals are able to live outside 100% of the year, yeah. whereas in other markets, say the UK, um, animals there have to live inside or in containment systems for part of the year to be fed extra You get feed. those big feedstock sort of things that you see, you know, and sometimes on videos and they don't look very pleasant mm. compared to where our livestock yeah. get to live, yeah. But I, sp- I suppose the, the shorter answer to what you're asking, which is uh, what do I say when we're selling to uh, talking to people overseas, is that uh, you know we're the systems that support the Kiwi system of farming. Right. So it's as simple as that, really. People who emulate the New Zealand system are naturally going to want to know what are the systems that support that system, Yeah. and that's Farm IQ and Farming. And do you find them that they're curious about this New Zealandness that you're a technology company from New Zealand? Is, you know, do you, do you get people asking you questions about you know what it's like? I do, but um, what's interesting is that we do have some awesome trailblazers out in the world that are um, that's putting New Zealand on the map in that regard. So we've got trailblazers like Zero, um, Rocketworks, um, Fonterra, yeah. um, organisations like that that um, give people an, an impression um, from outside of New Zealand that New Zealand punches above its weight. And in terms of our land mass, our population and uh, um, what have you, we absolutely do punch above our weight. And so there's always a terrific curiosity around um, yeah. The Kiwi products I find when uh, when you go overseas because you know with those uh, you know feisty little scrappers from down in the uh, the bottom <laughs> of the Pacific um, who sound a bit like Australians but uh, aren't really Australians. Um, That's right. And uh, yeah, new improved versions exactly. <laughs> I think also that you know what you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. I'd say you're a trailblazer in this in this agritech space. You know, agritech from New Zealand is something that is you know a real growth sector, as you know, and uh, Farm IQ is definitely one of the you know leaders in that space as well. Now you've you're a Fernmark licensee, so you you you're one of those companies that 
proudly flies the fern, as we say. Tell well, us about absolutely, why yes. and what was, it, what was that about, that decision? Uh, so, look, we do have ambitions in the future to be able to bring um, parts of the PharmIQ IP to an international audience. Uh, and when we do that, we think it's really important to stamp a fern on the front and say this is a Kiwi product yep. um, designed in New Zealand, built in New Zealand, and still run in New Zealand. We have no offshore resources at all. And, uh, and we think that's going to be a really important part of our story. In the short term, I think it's really important to promote to our domestic audience, to our oh, Kiwi really? audience, that yep. we are a New Zealand business that was uh, that was born in New Zealand designed, built, and continues to be run in New Zealand for Kiwi farmers. Yeah. And when we do uh, venture into those um, overseas markets, it's, uh, it won't be to do anything that uh, undermines the competitive advantage that we give to New Zealand farmers selling their products into premium markets. It will be those pieces of IP that will be useful to um, yeah. into overseas markets that will uh, generate greater revenue for our business so that we can continue to service our Kiwi farmers the best that we can. Nice. A virtuous cycle. That's mm. really good. Um, and do you think, uh, you know, thinking about that, that future for, for farm IQ, I mean, where, how big are you going to get? Are you going to be the, the farming system that takes over the world? You know, what's your ambition level? Uh, look, that's that's never going to happen because uh, the whole world doesn't um, do pastoral farming the right. way that we do in, uh, in so New Zealand. So it's part of the world. Then. So there are, yeah, there are pockets in the world that uh, that absolutely we would like to see using um, Farm IQ, and those are the places that uh, where the landscape looks a bit like New Zealand. That's right. probably where you're seeing similar types of agriculture. So parts of the UK, Ireland, uh, parts of South America, uh, Western United States, um, places where uh, where animals graze outside um, for the vast majority of the year, and farmers are turning pasture into to, uh, into fibre and protein. So that's your ta- those are your new target markets. It's, it's a pretty good space to get into. Yeah, we've got a good idea with uh, those that have gone before us in terms of Fonterra and LIC, yeah. um, organisations that service our pastoral farming sector here yeah. in New Zealand. Um, we know where they went and where they uh, where they succeeded and where they didn't do so well. Um, and so we'll focus on the places where we know other people that have serviced New Zealand well yeah. um, have uh, have succeeded because uh, that's the litmus test or the initial indicator as to whether or not we'll do well. Nice one. So, well, it sounds like it's all going very well, but clearly there'd be points when you're building a business where things are tough, you know, it doesn't quite go to plan. Mm. You know, have you had moments where you've gone, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? I've never had any moments where I've said, gosh, what am I doing here? But certainly, you know, how are we talking to the market and what is it that we're not getting through? Right. Uh, we have various personas of New Zealand farmer that we talk about um, within the business. We're, yeah. a, we're a product-led business. And so we talk about professional farmers. Um, those are the big guys like yeah. um, Lone Star and uh, Palmu, uh, right. Landcorp um, Farms in New Zealand. Then we have what we call data farmers. Um, those are farmers who uh, who really get data. Um, they get the power of data. They want more data. They're data hungry. Yeah. Um, they make decisions based on data. And then um, there are three categories of uh, what we call traditionalists. Um, and those are our progressive traditionalists, right. our conservative traditionalists. Oh, and the last one is? And, um, and our sceptical traditionalists. Ah, like, what can you do for me? Yeah. Yeah. So we're really strong in that professional and data um, farmer market. Yeah. And, uh, and where we're focusing our efforts right now is around those progressive traditionalists and bringing those guys on right. board. Um, Not worrying too much about the sceptics just yet. Not yet, no. Um, most of the sceptics don't have email addresses, so if they don't have email addresses, they're unlikely to use a software as a service product. True, true. Um, so uh, there's a chance that we may never get to the sceptics and that uh, eventually there just won't be any sceptics because we'll have moved we'll have moved the dial on by that point. Yeah. But I'd imagine, you know, knowing a little bit about farmers like you, that at those times when they're, they're at the pub and they're chewing the fat and they're talking to the farmer across the fence or whatever and they, they, that other farmer says, actually, this system's really helping. Like, I'm mm. learning more, I'm doing more, I'm having better 
outcomes. Yep. That'll start to convert them much more than any marketing fancy pants stuff that you can 100%. do. 100%. We talk all the time about farmers selling to farmers. Yeah. And so, But the interesting thing is that those progressive traditionalists look at data farmers and kind of go, I'm not sure I want to farm like that. Right. Um, you know, I'm not running my business to get that last 10% of production um, from my uh, from my natural capital. I'm actually running the business to maintain a lifestyle for me and my family. Yeah. Um, I want to be able to go and spend more time at the batch. I want to yeah. be able to go fishing a bit more. I want to be able to spend more time with the kids and my wife. Um, yeah. There's uh, so there are different motivators to those different personas. And one of the things that we talk about is digital literacy and digital adoption in the rural sector. I used to um, to bang that drum of saying, "Oh, this is this is our biggest problem: digital literacy and digital adoption." But actually, to that statement these days, I say I think that's wrong. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you talk to most farmers, and most of them have got a smartphone, yeah. and most of them are using online banking, yeah. or they're using Trade Me, yeah. um, or they're using social media platforms. Um, and so the people that say to me, oh, the problem's um, digital adoption in the rural sector, I say, yeah, no, no, that problem's our problem. Yeah. Um, we're the ones building the product. And if it's not as appealing and intuitive and useful to them as their banking app, then that's something we've got to do. So that's the one That's one of the challenges we're really leaning into at the moment is the stuff that data farmers really engage with because they want the data yeah. and it really that works for them doesn't necessarily work for this next segment where we've really, really got to demonstrate the value and lead them on that journey. Yeah. Um, and so just released an, um, an entirely new build of our, our mobile product that's uh, that's focused entirely around how do we get those traditionalist farmers, the ones that are out in the paddock, yeah. um, to engage more. Brilliant. Now, one of the things that we know, you know, it's unfortunately in the world is the climate is changing. Things that uh, are difficult from a land use point of view, if you're looking at you know erosion and, and different types of weather patterns, does a system like Farm IQ allow for that? And this, and I'm, I guess what I'm thinking about here is, you know, the the kind of guardianship of the land which farmers hold. Your technology will allow them to have a much more, I suppose, um, specific way of thinking about how they look after their land in this changing world. Hundred uh, percent. Environmental stewardship is something that's uh, tremendously important to us and to our farmers, and uh, and being able to prepare for the future, and that's. Um, uh, there are various different aspects to that. There are the, uh, the legislative and, uh, and regulatory changes that are coming through, things like Haywaka Ekanoa, the, um, the um, measuring greenhouse gas yep. um, emissions at a farm level and, uh, and recognising farmers' efforts to reduce that. Um, so supporting our farmers with that, which uh, we do through helping them to map the farm, map the vegetative covers on their farms so that they yep. understand exactly what their, uh, their greenhouse gas emissions are outside of the, uh, the ETS, the Emissions Trading Scheme, yep. and how that then converts through into... You know, what land use changes might I make in the future? What changes might I make to my stocking policy, the number of animals I run? Because yep. part of greenhouse gas emissions are the animals themselves in yep. terms of uh, methane emissions and uh, and what have you. And with our Farmax product, we create a digital twin of the farm based on the base data that you have in FarmIQ. Yep. So this is what my farm looks like today in FarmIQ. We create a digital twin in Farmax, and um, within that digital twin, the farmer can then pull all the different levers to see, um, well, what can I do to reduce my emissions in the future? Do I do I retire some marginal land into planting? Uh, do I change my stocking rate? Do I change the types of animals that I It's basically I like some city for farms is what you're describing to us now. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I mean, the idea of a digital twin is a, is a really interesting concept, isn't it? That basically you you, you create this, this online copy, if you like, of everything and all the parameters that you can you can play with it 
then you can run scenarios so that you can see what does this mean to the farm in the future and does it stack up from a biological perspective? Does it stack up from an environmental perspective? And does it stack up from a commercial perspective? Is the farm still going to be viable in this form in the future as we see changing weather patterns and what have you? So, And that can go right the way down to saying what happens if I change my pasture type? Because if you're in the Hawke's Bay, for example, where droughts are becoming more prevalent and the grass species that uh, that grow there um, are under greater stress, so in the future, farmers there will probably be looking to re-sow their, um, their paddocks with different uh, grass species. How will my stock perform on those new grasses versus the old grasses? Wow. Um, and what does that do to my production? What does it do to my greenhouse gas emissions? Am I going to meet my requirements under Hewakekanoa? Am I still going to have a business that makes sense? I love that. I mean, you really are giving the technology that underpins this kind of new way of thinking about you know the, mm. the marriage between commercial and environmental and the responsibility that we have to the land. Yeah. As I say, most Kiwi farmers intuitively know most of this stuff, but there are so many different variables and parameters that uh, what we give them is the confidence to make that decision. It's, right. uh, it underpins and backs in their gut feel. Fantastic. And it does it in a way that's very aligned with New Zealand's values of looking after the land, mm. you know, kaitiakitanga, and the sort of integrity that you bring to it as well, making sure that it can all be traced and it's provable and that sort of thing as well. So fantastic. Well, we're, we're nearly out, out of time. I wanted to ask you uh, one quick question because I forgot to ask it at the beginning. If you had a visitor or a friend coming to New Zealand, what is the one thing you would tell them to do? I would say get out into the rural parts of New Zealand. Well, see, and, I knew uh, that was a gimme, wasn't it? That was get out and get grow some grass. And uh, well, not grow some grass. Go to a pub. Oh, uh, really? Go to a pub in a rural uh, in a rural landscape and some um, a r- rural community and yeah. um, and sit down with some uh, some locals and uh, you know have a good feed and a, and a bit of a yarn. Nice. Uh, one of the best parts of my job serving Farm IQ is uh, is getting out in amongst um, our farming communities and um, sitting down with people and having a yarn. And uh, I think it's the the missed gem in the New Zealand experience. Everybody goes for Queenstown or yeah. um, or Wanaka and uh, you know all the all the obvious stuff. But yeah. actually, just um, when you're driving between those places, there's some really awesome spots where you can stop and just nice. uh, have a feed and chat to some local people. Get out to the Fongama Momana Hotel and <laughs> chat with the locals and chew the fat. Not literal fat, just you know have a chat. And they must do they look at you with some suspicions? You know, towny foreigner IT tech guy, or do they sort of realise actually you're here to help? On the whole, I'd say absolutely they realised that uh, that I'm there to help. It was interesting when uh, when I was first um, interviewing for this role, one of the uh, directors on the appointments committee said, you know, what, what do you think is the most important thing going to be in uh, in this role, Will? And, um, and I said, I don't think the person in this role necessarily needs to understand too much about farming, uh, but they absolutely need to understand farmers. Yeah. Um, and uh, from my rural background in the UK and having never farmed myself, I don't know a huge amount about farming, uh, but I certainly know a bit about farmers because yeah. I grew up with them. You sound like someone who knows about farmers to me, I have to say. Not just the accent, or but also, <laughs> you know, you, you've really, you know, you bring passion and, and credibility to your business as well. So thank you very much for flying the fern and for talking to us today. Great, thanks. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast series is all about highlighting the amazing work New Zealand companies are doing in a variety of sectors and spaces. If you like this episode, there's plenty more great stories from Flying the Firm podcast that you can listen to. Just go ahead and check them out where you found this one. We're also highlighting the Fernmark license program, which we talked about during the episode. The Fernmark is our national symbol and a country of origin mark that helps Kiwi businesses promote trust, authenticity and credibility by leveraging the good reputation that New Zealand has overseas. To find out more or to apply to be part of the program, head to our website, fernmark.nzstory.gov.nz. 
And lastly, please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps others find us. Hi, Dara for now.